Thanks for tuning into the second Accrue For You Back to Business podcast. I'm Bill Mountain of Accrue For You, and I set this podcast up to share useful insights that you can apply to your creative business, taking into account strategy, storytelling, and shooting techniques and tips. I'm delighted to be joined by some of the best people I know who are experts in all three of these areas. There are three episodes, of which this is the second. Today, we'll be looking at storytelling and how your creative business can best craft a compelling narrative. So we're joined by award-winning corporate film director, Gavin Buxton-Knight, who's going to help us better understand how storytelling can help educate, entertain, and incite action in these turbulent times. As well as Steve Garvey from Moving Image News, he's going to give us some insight into what's driving the corporate stories that you'll soon be telling. As a creator of content, the story you tell is at the very heart of your profession. I wanted to get the two guests we have on today to help make sense of the things that are happening in the wider world that will affect the stories an organisation needs to tell and how the recent seismic events are changing the form of the films that we're going to be making now and in the future. What these two don't know about effective corporate communications and storytelling is probably not worth knowing. I'm delighted to welcome Steve Garvey, an industry insider for over 30 years. Steve has worked in senior roles in corporate communications and used to run multinational video agency World Television. Nowadays, Steve heads up Moving Image News, which is the leading independent hub for insights into brand video and corporate film. Joining Steve is Gavin Knight, a self-proclaimed warrior that's on a mission against brand gobbledygook. Gavin has won a massive 30-plus awards for his work in recent years and directed films for more household names than you can care to mention, and that's why we've got him here today. Right, over to you, Steve. If I can, Steve, I've got a few questions for you. And the first one would be, what do you see as being current and future drivers for messaging at a corporate level? What do you think is going to drive the stories that companies have to tell? I think the things that always drive companies' stories are the people. Um, because when you're coming to using film and video, uh, people are by far the most powerful asset in communicating any story. Um, and, uh, and of course, what film and video do, which is unique in the corporate communications toolbox, is that they engage the uh, the emotions of the audience more effectively than any other form. So you've got your people, you've got your stories, you've got video. Of course, you're using other channels too. Yeah, you're using text, you're using images, using all sorts of channels and platforms. Yes, indeed. But film and video are the ones that really nail the human factors. So it's still going to be driven by people, but nailed in a different way in terms of how each story is told. So with the crisis that we've just gone through and the sort of recovery that we hope is going to begin, what do you think the current and future worries of corporate communicators are at the moment? What do you think is really worrying them in terms of happenings in the macro environment? Well, clearly, many communicators within large organisations have a lot of question marks over the organisation itself. Mm -hmm. Um, In some cases, hopefully not too many. It's the very survivor of the organisation, but more more widely than that, I think, it's much more how does that organization continue to respond to the pandemic and what does it look like when you come out of it? So I think so far, most people have been working in the sort of damage limitation mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular, when it comes to film and video, they haven't been able to go out and shoot stuff or been very, very limited um, conditions under which they can shoot stuff. So that's changed the way that they work. Um, I think what's happening now, though, is that everyone's got used to using Zooms or other video platform tools. Uh, Everyone now knows what that is. But I think people are keen to move on. And as the lockdown begins to lift, although it's patchy and various around the world, it does mean that location filming does start to come back into the picture, at least to some extent. I think the question will be, 
do things change permanently even yeah. after the lockdown lifts as a result of the pandemic? Or do we effectively go back to something like it was in December of last year? And talking of that, I mean, how long do you think it will be until we get back to something that resembles normal or what it used to be? I mean, personally, I would think it's going to be at least a year because fundamentally the only two things which can change the circumstances back to anything the way they were before would either be a globally deployed and widely available vaccine or some kind of treatment or combination of treatments which make coronavirus less dangerous than it currently is. And neither of those are on the immediate horizon. So you're probably talking about sometime in 2021 as the best estimate. But since no one knows, the point is we all have to get on with our lives. And in, and And of course... As people start to return to forms of normality, uh, consumers will be spending money again. They'll be starting to do things like cautiously going out, and that creates business opportunities um, and the desire and need to communicate and to market again. That's interesting, actually. And obviously, you're in charge of Moving Image News, uh, which is a really good resource for um, corporate communicators. Uh, Are there any particular resources on Moving Image News that can help people stay on top of the COVID situation and the things that are going to arise thereof? Well, we've tried to keep on top, really, of how to use film and video most effectively. We haven't really changed much, to be honest, because although some of the tools that you're using at the moment will have to adapt, Um, mainly due to lack of location filming and due to the needs of social distancing, the fundamental rules of using using video for corporate communications are still exactly the same. You still need to tell a story. You still need a narrative structure. You still need a beginning, a middle, and end. You still need to hook people in the first five to ten seconds to get them to keep with you. You need to get your narrative right. You need to get your sequence right. You need to land your peak emotional points at the right point within the script so that people actually remember it after they've finished watching it. And nothing of that has been changed by the pandemic. So in a sense, I don't want to sound like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's business as normal, but although the some of the methods that you're using are going to change, the goals still remain the same. Video still achieves the same things that it always has. That brings us on to storytelling, doesn't it, really, Steve? And I think it's a good point to bring Gavin into the discussion. I wanted to pick your brains on a number of things relating to what Steve's just told us. When I've been watching the TV recently, I've noticed all of those ads and videos um, seem to feature people on video conferencing things like Zoom, sitting in their houses, going on about how wonderful their organisation is. What new story and film styles have you seen emerge since COVID hit us? Yes. Um, well, the, the, the first thing I, I want to talk about is, is Zoom. Zoom's an extraordinary phenomenon. And obviously, there are other similar platforms out there. Um, Microsoft has Teams and, and the Skype and things like that. But what it demonstrates is the need to communicate is stronger than ever. And when you look at what's, what's happened over the last few months, it is extraordinary how, how creative and how inventive people have been to carry on communicating, to keep, to keep the channels that they, they have had in the past, you know, open and working. And, you know, there's been some amazing work out there. Obviously, animation's been, been very popular um, during the lockdown um, with, 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 you know, some beautiful stop frame um, examples and all sorts of new ways of, of, of using animation that, Traditionally, would have just been straightforward graphics, but I think people have been a bit more inventive. I've I've been very impressed with some of the the sort of more documentary style videos where Zoom has been the sort of the interview base, but then people have taken that and illustrated it with you know 
wonderful library footage or existing footage that the brands already had. And, you know, many, many of the documentaries I make, you know, you very rarely see the interviewee because it's more interesting to show, to show a picture that demonstrates what they're talking about than to see a talking head. And, and that, that's come into play. Um, obviously archive, complete archive films have, have, have been very popular, but, but also shooting, you know, I know, I know a couple of cameramen who've, who shot things, um, at home, you know, TV commercials at home featuring their families and, um, there's, a, there's an example I'm going to talk about later uh, with Bumble, where they they actually use their platform to cast people in, in a movie that they they shot with, with with people on on their platform. So, sort of moving on from the crisis, do you see any other sort of new film and storytelling styles emerging? Yeah, I th- I think I mean the good the good news is that that you know actually since the the, the middle of May and we're now in the in the in the middle of June, uh, we we can shoot and. Um, I, th- I think there, there are going to be some changes. Obviously, Steve, Steve mentioned some some of those changes, and it's going to be quite a long process. But you know, obviously, travel is going to be very difficult, and using local crews rather than traveling is is going to be very important for some of the you know more global brands um, that, that I work with are, are going to are going to have to use that. But out of that, and obviously you you provide great services for for um, did we do lo- local 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 crews, and that that that's fantastic. But out of that comes some new techniques, and and one of those techniques which I've seen yes, um, working is this um, ability to do remote direction and remote reviewing, and I I see actually a trend where um, I as a director may not always be on set anymore. Um, and particularly, you know, when, when you're doing a commercial, the amount of clients and agency people who, who used to attend shoots used to be quite, quite a, you know, an onerous part of the shoot, you know, that you had this huge cast of, 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 of bosses well, behind you, away. you know, telling you, you know, possibly slowing down the shoot. And, and, and I see that now being as a, as a review process that could happen remotely because there's no need for all these people to travel. And if you need to keep numbers down the shoot, no. that's, that's going to be one, one way to, to do it very easily. And the other thing that I think may happen, and this is, I'm shooting myself in the foot here, but I do see a huge increase in green screen replacing some location-based filming. And, and the reason for that is the, the graphics and the techniques that you can you can use in, in a, certainly in a large green screen studio for some of the bigger projects where where you need a forest location or you need a jungle or whatever it is or yes. you need you know a, a a major cosmopolitan you know city full of people yes the 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 ability to shoot key characters and place them in those kind of environments which we won't be able to shoot easily in the next six months or so is going to mean that you know, green skin is going to replace some of those locations that you might have previously shot on location. And that that's, a, you know, I've done some quite big green screen stuff, and I don't actually like it very much. I prefer location shooting. But I think that people are going to be forced to do things slightly differently to, to tell those stories. I mean, travel is going to be very difficult. I normally, you know, do a lot of travel each year, whether it be in Europe or, or further afield, um, shooting for, for, for brands. I mean, you know, if you look at the 
some of the sectors, you know, like the mining sector or the oil sector, you know, you, you can't you can't go and make a film about a new oil platform or a mining company without going to Africa or wherever they're they're, they're extracting their, their resources from. And mm-hmm. and th- those kind of shoots I think are gonna be are gonna be difficult. But the good news is I was gonna say that the Emmerdale and Coronation Street are up and running and they're filming and there's no reason why um, you know, us at the sort of more commercial and, and corporate side of things can't can't be up and running uh, as well. Just to really build on what Gavin was saying, I think one of the ways that you could look at the pandemic yes. from the point of view of corporate communications and film is to see this as accelerating trends which were mostly there anyway. They're just happening at, sort of at, at, a, at, at a super fast speed. The other one I'd mention here is Brexit. Now, I know we've all got tired of talking about it, but just in terms of the practicalities of going on international shoots, we don't yes. yet know what's going to happen with Brexit, no, which means that as far as the UK market is concerned, there's going to be a lingering uncertainty seems to be likely, not just on relationships with the EU, but with the rest of the world. Yes. Now, no doubt business travel will be possible, but I think there was a trend anyway, and uh uh, certainly, I, I've seen over the past 30 years, there's been a trend in the past decade for less location travel. Just because of the cost, we used to get business class flights back in the 80s and 90s when we were going on shoots for clients. Uh, you know, it's a very different world now. Indeed, so, what, so what the pandemic is doing is pushing what might have taken, say, three to five years into about three months. But fortunately, we now have many more tools available to facilitate that than we ever had before. So yeah. actually, I think we could almost view this as despite the fact it's a terrible a terrible crisis for all of us, uh, and of course there's a massive personal cost for many people, um, it is actually an opportunity to do a complete reset for how we do corporate and brand filming mm-hmm. going forward. We, we've actually had to do it anyway, and I think many of those, I think many of those changes are going to stay, not least because of a combination of Brexit the pandemic response and new technologies becoming widely available and people becoming very comfortable with using them. Indeed, yeah, we've almost had a forced induction, haven't we, in telepresence and remote working and everybody's getting used to it now. Absolutely. I mean, if you'd asked people, if you'd said, do you fancy doing a Zoom back in November, most people wouldn't have known what on earth you were talking about. I mentioned the Bumble project. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about that because I think it's a very good example of of a film that was made right at the beginning of lockdown, um, you know, in, in, in early April. And what they did was they used their platform to cast the film. They wanted three couples to appear in the film. And they wanted to talk about how people could still date using their online platform. But on 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 systems like this, like Zoom, they, they, they have a system where you can talk to each other using using video. So it was called Get Close From Afar. And they cast three couples who all, and, and the requirement was that they had to have video skills within the couple. And then they filmed each other. And it's a very, it's a very nice little film. And it's, it's, it's beautifully shot because the guys who, who they did cast had, had, had skills in, 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 in camera making and videography or whatever. And, and, and they made it all remotely. And it's a, it's a very, I mean, I just looked at it again this morning and in less than just about over a month, it's had over one and a half million views. And you know that's a very strong, you know, um, people. Yeah, it's a lot of people, and it's a very strong statement for the, for them because they're saying, you know, you can't date, don't touch each other anymore. Um, that's uh, the vote, but you can go on the platform and talk and and engage and 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 still 
you know, meet people. So that's one example. The other thing that I want to talk about is content mm-hmm. because, and this is a yeah. bit of a bugbear of mine because I am severely shocked by some of the brands who've come out with communications, sometimes related to the pandemic, but most recently relating to Black Lives Matter. And they have just got their messaging completely wrong. They've jumped on the bandwagon and they have been caught out. The hypocrisy in the communications is is astounding. And, and, And it's very important for some brands Given the sort of situations we're going through, your communications become quite appropriate and important, and they have to be appropriate for the times. And you know, you, yes, you look at brands like Unilever with their Dove campaign, just getting it so right with regard to the pandemic, and also putting their money where their mouth is and providing free um, sanitizers and free soaps and cleansing products to the NH hospitals, as well as talking about the stress that the you know the frontline care workers were, were under. With, with that beautiful campaign. And those are the brands that get it right. But there are some brands that have come out, and you know, Nike, uh, as a brand I respect, who got it so wrong, um, the NFL, uh, Chevron, who came out on Black Lives Matter just with gobbledygook. And, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's more important than ever in, in, in crises like this um, that the brands with, with a sense of purpose, you know, and you communicate that purpose accurately they're the ones that are, are, are going to survive. In, in the downturn, the, the brands that are just putting out lip service and jumping on bandwagons and not really thinking about their communications are, are, are not going to survive in the future because consumers won't buy into their products, however strong their brand is now. See through it. It's a really interesting point, actually. It's, it's quite nice. So essentially, what you're both really saying is that no matter how many things are going to change in the macro environment in terms of the story styles, which might be driven by safety concerns, authenticity is always still going to be key. Yes, absolutely. Authenticity is the centre of it. And if you actually look back over the history of what's been produced in our particular sector, um, authenticity used to be less important. Films used to work without being that authentic, although it seems hard to look back and see it that way now. But really with the rise uh, of social and digital media and with the democratization of video production, uh, it means that there is nowhere for bad communications to hide anymore. Mm. And the benchmark is now extremely high, higher than it's ever been, set both by the brands themselves and by ordinary users. So the benchmarks have changed away from the broadcasters who used to set the benchmarks now to anybody can set their own benchmark. So authenticity still remains key. And actually, in times of crisis, people's tolerance of content which is not authentic is even lower than when than when times are looking mm-hmm. good. So now is the time to really nail your authenticity. Don't rush out messages, as Gavin was saying. Take a little bit of time, think it through, and make sure it's not just a story that you're putting out, but a genuine narrative about how you as a brand think, feel, and function. Thanks to Steve and Gavin for sharing insights and experiences around storytelling and the drivers of corporate agendas. And remember, if you'd like to get more information on any of the guests, go to accrueforyou.com and follow the navigation on the site too. Podcasts, Podcast 2, the resource page with links and more. Thanks for tuning in again. See you next time.